What the deal? This is Luck, aka Good Luck, and you are listening to Ink and Pad Podcast, Poetry for the People, straight like that. Our Father who art in heaven, you gave poetry as my gift, so thine will be done from my tongue, on paper, as it is on the mic. And lead me not into vulgarity. Please deliver me from self-gratifying lines. You own my stanzas, my metaphors, and hyperboles. Allow me to spit with the power of Samson and to deliver with the tenacity of the woman at your hymn. I'm a conduit. I pray your words to saturate souls. For thine is my pen, my iPad, and my notebook, both now and forever. Amen. Hey, y'all. Thank you for tuning in to this episode three of Ink and Pad Podcast, Poetry for the People. I am Kayatana. As you can see by the title, I know you're probably thinking, somebody out there is thinking, what in the world you're talking about? The poet who doesn't want to write. You're a poet, how you don't want to write? Baby, let me tell you, this is a real and for true thing. This is something that occurs, I imagine, to every writer, or it could be just me. You know, who knows? But I know at least one other person out there can attest to this. Sometimes there are just moments, even though you're getting slammed with poems left and right, just for whatever reason, you do not want to sit and write these poems. And even though a good poet, a good, a quote-unquote good poet, or a quote-unquote good literary citizen will sit and write down everything that comes to mind. They'll write the good poem, the bad poem, the mediocre poem, the poem that makes no sense, the purple poem, the, the poem that that you think is a banger when it's not. That's not always the life of a poet. Sometimes I've had times, I can only speak for myself, I've had times that I've sat and, you know, I've been on the bus and I've written a poem. I've been in the middle of church service and I start banging out a poem in my notes app. <laughs> I was on the freeway one time doing 60 and this poem just slammed fresh into my brain. And I had a notepad and I had to prop it up on the book bag and I had a pen and I'm literally blind writing. I'm still, my eyes are still on the road, one hand on the steering wheel, the other hand uh, writing this poem in chicken scratch. But I was able to get it out. I was able to flesh it out later and um it turned out to be a page poem but yeah that happens uh, but then there are times where a good topic will come to mind or a good uh you know whatever it is you're going through at the time will come to mind and you just do not want to write it for whatever reason let's explore some of that now i initially had points and an outline for this topic, but then I entered into a conversation with a young lady on the topic and, you know, I was fleshing out ideas with her and we just entered into this conversation that I felt worthy to share with you guys as my audience. So let's go ahead and take a gander. Y'all, I have an impromptu guest today. Cause we were sitting here talking about the poet who doesn't want to write. And we just kind of, it just evolved into a conversation. I said, you know, let me record 
let me record this conversation because I know gems are going to come out of it. Exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Dakota. And she is the facilitator of her podcast, Breathing Fresh Air with Dakota. Y'all go check it out, y'all. She my label made on Real Music Lives. Welcome, Dakota. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. You know, to continue our discussion, one of the things we were talking about is, you know, why the poet doesn't want to write. And you had some, if you could just reiterate what you were saying earlier in regards to that. Yeah, what I was saying, because I feel like I struggle with this myself, is like that form of identity crisis. Mm. I feel like sometimes you don't really know exactly who you are, so it's hard for you to write something to the world and for them to truly understand where you're coming from Mm -hmm. because you don't really know where you stand either. So then it's like Mm -hmm. you're trying to fulfill like a version of yourself Mm -hmm. that they will understand, but that might not even be who you are. So So then in poet world, that would lend to writing for the people versus writing from your heart. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that would take away the vulnerability. That would take away the vulnerability. Because if you can't be who you are when you're writing this spoken word, then who are you writing for? Why are you writing? Why are you It writing? always goes back to the why. It always, uh, always. I don't mean to parrot you, but <laughs> it's like, it literally goes back to the why. Why are you a poet? Are you writing for the oohs and ahs? Yeah. Are you writing to for the applause, for validation? What are you writing for? You know what I'm, listen. Come on. What are you writing for? If it's just, get some form of validation that you didn't get anywhere else you will be sniffed out by the poetic audience period you will be sniffed out and they will shut you down right and that'll be a rude awakening your ego ain't ready for especially if you're writing for the oohs and ahs yeah (laughs) you know what i'm saying so and sometimes your audience can see right through it too oh like you'll be forgetting like people can see where you're coming from right so if it's not authentic it may not not everyone's gonna catch it but there's gonna be someone in there that's gonna be like yeah they don't they don't really mean that because because you make your words sound strong and powerful and they can rhyme listen (laughs) i always say just because you can write on the left side of the page don't mean you're necessarily a poet you know what i'm saying one thing that dropped into mind as you were saying that is just as The poet is passionate about writing. There are people who are passionate about listening to writing. You know what I'm saying? There are people who love ballet, can't do a pot of beret or kickball change to save their life, but they will go watch every ballet going. And that's just like the audience. There are people, every poet that's out there, they will go sit because they love the art of poetry. The audience can sniff you, especially in poetry. My lord, it's something. If you, you don't know how to sweat. read, if you don't know how to read the room, you already messed up. Especially uh-huh. if you're trying to be a spoken word poet. You yeah. know what I'm saying? In order to be an effective poet, you have to know a which poem to read in the room. You don't want to go into a room full of Caucasian people. Time by Black Lives Matter. Listen, <laughs> talk about George Floyd. And sometimes it may, call, <laughs> sometimes it may cause for that. You may call for that. You know, sometimes. 
You got to know what it is you're doing. If it is a, a, a space for children in Somalia and you come in there talking about apartheid and Black Lives Matter, you got a whole situation going on. You know what I'm saying? But that's yeah. a whole other topic in and of itself. But something that I love is like, especially at GZ, mm-hmm. when we have our spoken words, is that everyone has their own version of what that looks like. Right. Everyone is expressive of who they are through their spoken word, mm-hmm. and the audience can receive that. Yes, yes. And now, first of all, let's talk about the fact that we have a church that have a whole poetry ministry. Oh, my God. I didn't even know that was a thing until recently. Listen, listen. And I bless God that pastor is obedient to that clarion call to for the poets to get out there and do their thing and that started with our founder Danny Harrison shout out to Danny he did his solo dolo for years before we started coming along like I want to be a poet too yeah (laughs) get back to the topic at hand just to wrap up that mind frame the whole thing is not to write for the oohs and ahs know your vulnerable place be willing to travel to that vulnerable place when you're writing right and get it out you know what I'm saying Another thing is sometimes why the poet doesn't want to write is the trauma is just too fresh. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times poetry is therapeutic, but sometimes there are some feelings you just don't want to revisit right now. Exactly. You know, it takes a, a measure of healing before you can even say, okay, I'm ready to talk about this thing. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel like I am. I mean, a lot of people don't know about me. I do spoken I do spoken word too. Like I write poems and um audience, why am I just not finding this out in the conversation? <laughs> I'm the whole no, facilitator and no, I'm just because, finding this out. No, because mm-hmm. like I don't ever want to give myself a title that I feel like I haven't fully fulfilled, right? Mm, okay. So so when you brought this topic and we started this conversation, I'm thinking like oh wow like can I really consider myself a poet if I'm not being a hundred percent vulnerable and it's Mm. been hard for me to get to that place because like you said like sometimes that trauma is just so fresh Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. sometimes it's like am I ready to like show the like tell the world about if you're not if you're you're doing yourself a disservice by laying yourself wrong right. because sometimes you just descend into a place you you don't even know how to get yourself out of. Exactly. You know. Exactly. And but that's smart of you though. That's smart of you because you know you you know your heart you know what you can withstand right now. And if poets are not ready to get up there, it, it's going to show. It's going to show. Right. In some way, shape, or form, it's going to show. Right. And, and I know for me, like especially. When it comes to like the IGZ and us doing our spoken words, mm-hmm. there's many times where I've like seen people go give theirs, and I'm like, yeah, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, okay, well, do I meet the criteria? Do I meet the why factor? Am mm-hmm. I hitting that? Mm-hmm. Am I hitting the why factor of like, why are you doing this? Mm. Because a lot of times I want my voice to be heard, mm-hmm. but I want it to be heard by people that weren't willing to listen in the first place. You better drop the nuggets on this afternoon. <laughs> on this afternoon. <laughs> no, and seriously. you know what? That determines a poet. That determines it. Right? I mean, you can technically say if you've ever written a poem, you're a poet. That's debatable. 
That's what they taught Amen. us in high school. You yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's as long as you can write. It's <laughs> argumentative. You can go thousand and one rounds mm-hmm. in either direction. Mm-hmm. But if you do not meet the why criteria, whatever that looks like for you is different for everybody. Right. But whatever that why criteria is for you and it doesn't measure up to you're ready to be in on that stage. Hi, Tana, what you talking about, girl? You being vague. Intentionally so. Yeah. Because it's literally different I am for definitely everybody. not going to do that and be up there telling, like, half the story. Right. Like, no. Right. I'm going to tell the full thing. Thank Am you. I ready to tell the full story? The whole, my fault, they the fault. The whole thing. What happened? <laughs> the you know who, what, what when, where, why. And, like, and, and, and one thing I was expressing is that we know how to code some stuff. Yeah. We know how to hide some stuff in plain the sight. The subliminals. We can give the, the subliminals. subliminals. But then there's that audience member who know how to, because you know uh, gifts no. are without uh, condemnation, right? And you got no, Especially when you do things just so that that person specifically will, will get the message. Listen, or there's that person who's like, I see right through you, girl. I see right through you. What you yeah. hiding for? You know what I'm saying? Right. And but at the same time, for the audience member who is meant for, they'll get it. Yeah, they'll totally get it. Yeah. Ugh. And also understanding that when you write a poem, it's not for everyone. Like not everyone is going to get it. Exactly. Not you everyone be ready lives. for that. You gotta be Ooh. ready for that. Ooh. It may be only two people who's like. Girl, your poem really hit me. It really, I really like that part where you said, but then you may not ever get that. Yeah. And one poet, uh, Reverdier the River Woman, uh, she's one of the poets I sat with at Vibrations in Inglewood. Shout out to Food for Thought and Spice. Hey, Mm y'all. She said she was on a stage, if I'm remembering the story correctly, she said she was on a stage. She did a poem, and it was like, you could basically hear a rat piss, pissing on cotton, right, after the poem. Mm-hmm. And so she felt initially discouraged, like, oh, my God, they didn't get it. Da, 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 da. And she said someone came up to her afterward and was like, that poem was so surgical. Nobody could say anything. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I was like, boom, there it is. Yeah. Get up on that stage. Know what it is you want to say and walk off that stage with most confidence in Christ because you know you laid it out. Right. And if the audience just blinks at you and moves to the next thing, you know you did your job. But it hit somebody. It hit somebody. You. That's where you have to be confident in your work and your skill and confident in what God told you to do. Tell it. You better say that. Listen. Exactly. It is so, it's so... It's the most simplistic, complex thing ever to be a poet, be it page or stage. And I see that. I see that so much for me, too, because a lot of times I'm thinking about, okay, I'm already standing out from the crowd. Like, I already am an outcast in many circles, right? So now I'm going to add the label of a poet to my name, and I'm... Listen, might as well go for broke. <laughs> we already halfway there, right? You might as well go for broke. Right. You might as well go for broke. But I could tell oh. Dakota, I could totally see that in you. It's like I'm surprised, <laughs> but I'm not. I am totally not. It's like I'm like that really yeah. you just really sat here and told me you're a whole poet. 
But at the same time, it's like... Oh, okay. I'm going to say it nonchalantly, too. I know. <laughs> you, know. you know I wouldn't know that you I, just gloss I, over that. I write a couple lines. Hey, you know what I'm saying? A few well, stanzas. Whenever you ready, whenever you ready, just come holler at me. I got you. One thing I love to do is bring poets into who they are as a poet, finding their voice in their own throat versus what they think people should, what they think a poet, especially a spoken word poet, what they think a spoken word poet should like sound like. Mm -hmm. it's, there is no sound, you know? Yeah. It's, if anything, it's people are mimicking everybody else, you know what I'm saying? And it's, I mean, I love the, some of the cadence of spoken word, cause it's like, yeah. Ah. But at so, the same yeah, time, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, if that is not truly what this piece is saying, or, or how the Lord is telling me to do this piece, it's not going to come out like that. And that's a lot of people's problem. Yeah. They like to write the write the stanzas and write the lines. They mm -hmm. go up there and they do someone else's poem. Mm -hmm. Not by the words they're saying, but by their demeanor and how they're giving it to the world. That's a wolf. Why are we mimicking... Oh my gosh. Mimicking. Why are we mimicking other people... And then saying that we're still authentic. It's not that what you wrote on the paper when you wrote it wasn't authentic, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but the performance that came along with it. That was not you. You might as well have gave you. That's other people poetry at that point. <laughs> oh, that's uh, that's OPP at its finest. I love. Oh my lord. Don't you hit on something right there. Mm -mm. You hit on something right there. That's what we don't talk about, right? Oh, they, a lot of people are not ready for these type of conversations. And that's not bashing it. It's, it's just right. It's just like, when can we have all of you? Mm, yes. I'm getting Which 80, 90%. But that 10% makes a difference, too. Makes a complete difference. You think just because I'm 90% me that that 10% doesn't really matter because majority mm -hmm. of it is me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. my goodness i know for me if i were to go up there mm -hmm. and speak a poem it better be so authentic from my heart like i'm not even gonna risk me going up there because god gonna deal with me later oh not. for sure <laughs> for sure like, now for you sure. know <laughs> because what one thing as the facilitator of the ministry here one thing i cannot and will not allow mm. is for a poet to get up there and they're spewing shenanigans you know what i'm saying we're not preachers we're not ministers but baby we are getting across the word of god yeah. through the poetic art form yeah that is a call in and of itself and if your words don't hold weight if your words don't hold weight not that you need to move the audience that you're not again no. you're not writing for the oohs and ahs that's but not the why you are exactly if you are not getting up there to you know what there's somebody out there who through my let's say i'll use my example for the longest time, I didn't tell people that I used to smoke. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, I still cringe when I say Ooh. that because it's, it's cringe. It's cringe. <laughs> I didn't tell people that I used to smoke. But there was a period of time in the ministry yeah. where the Lord had each and every poet talk about their proclivity. Mm. And when it came my turn and the subject hit, I was like, Lord, we're not about to do that. He said, yes, you are. And guess what I did? I wrote about it. Yeah. And I spoke about it. And I talked about it. Yeah. 
So not the not only did you have a seat to the table, right? Baby. But he was at the table too. He was at the table too. He was at the table Ooh. too. He was rubbing my back like that. That's gonna dog. make me like Listen. That's gonna mess me up right here. Listen. 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 And like whatever topic you're choosing, you always have to think there is one person in this building who needs to hear what I gotta say. Mm-hmm. Not because I'm all great or whatever, but it's going to set somebody free. It's great if it's two, three, four, nine somebody's. Right. But there's that one somebody in this building who has to hear what I say. And because I am on my post, they're going to be set free. If you're not on your post, one of the poets, Christian, um, shout out to Christian Davis. She's um, one of the poets in the ministry. She said something that I still hold dear to this day. She said, if you are not on your post then that person cannot be set free, you know? Right. And I know I probably paraphrased what she said, mm-hmm. but she said it. And <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's something I keep in the back of my mind as well. I'm like, that sure is true. You know what I'm saying? And so I try to make sure the poets understand that, you know, and mm-hmm. we don't meet often, you know, we don't do a whole lot other than, for Sunday ministry, we do maybe one or two showcases during the year, but when we're preparing for those showcases, I try to drive that home. I try to drive right from your heart, right from your soul, right what the Lord tells you to write. Right. You know what I'm saying? But don't sit there last minute too thinking he's gonna come through, you know, because you plan. You plan you around. Plan. You plan. You playing. Now, one thing poets will do, to be fair, one thing poets will do, we'll, we <laughs> might have a poem written out four, nine months ago. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We might have, quote unquote, perfected it an hour before the, the thing. But there are times I've sat there and I'm still like tweaking stuff. And you stuff. up there. <laughs> before I even get up there, I'm still like, right. ooh, ooh, ooh. You know what I'm saying? Because just little nuggets here and there are still dropping. And at some point, you got to let it go and get up there and do it. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, if if you literally haven't started it, you know what I'm saying? You're just like... If it's a week before, you know you got to hit the step. And you like, oh Lord, give me the (laughs) give me the words. Give me the words, Lord. Give me the words. Give me the words, Jesus. You know, not not saying he won't. Not Not saying saying he won't. won't. But if you're making it a habit, he know you playing. He know you playing. You know what I'm saying? So now I've been blessed to I've been doing this long enough and I've been blessed to where if someone asked me, because there was a situation, let me stop let me back up. Go ahead. There was a situation. There was a situation where where we, we were asked last minute to do something. Mm-hmm. Like super last minute, and it was so stressful. Afterward, you know, the crew of us was like, "I ain't never doing that last minute again, girl." When I tell you, the Lord got on my entire case about saying that. Right. I don't know what the other ones, what he said to the others, but for me, he was like, "If I, if they come to you two hours beforehand because I gave you this gift, what you, what are you gonna do? You gonna get up there and do it?" I was like, "Yes, Lord." Yeah. So from there, I had to start writing stuff so I can be ready. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Just, you know, just have poems ready mm-hmm. for whatever situation. And he's blessed me with the gift to be able to, you know, tweak a poem that I already have to fit the need. Now, I may not be able to do it from memory, but at least I got the poem that's ready to go. You know right. what I'm saying? So 
you just gotta be ready. Yeah. You just gotta be ready. Be ready to come from that space. Be ready to, you know, if you're gonna call yourself a poet, be ready to be vulnerable. Be ready to be, you know, you ain't gotta tell all your business, you know, but at the same time, if you know something's gonna set somebody free, just be ready to do it. Right. You know? You have to take ownership over your words. Mm -hmm. Like, when are you going to say, this is my story, this is how I choose to share it, Mm -hmm. and have an expectation Mm -hmm. that someone is going to So what would be the expectation then? The expectation would be that not only is someone in the audience listening to the words you're saying, Mm -hmm. but when they leave out of your presence, it resonates with them when they Mm -hmm. go back into their lives. Yes. The next time that they go through that same circumstance, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or if they haven't faced that before, but then it took a wraparound and now they're going through it, Mm -hmm. they think back to that moment. Mm -hmm. And they're like, wait a minute, I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. Because that person, a lot of times when poets write, they don't feel like it's, they don't feel like it's worthy enough to be shared. Yeah, yeah. that's that's another thing. Well, mm-hmm. at least for me. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm not alone in that. Mm-hmm. But in times where I am writing, I feel like I'm I'm alone in the situation I'm writing about. Mm. So then it's like not only am I writing feeling alone, feeling alone, mm-hmm. but then for me to go and tell the world about something and still feel alone. Baby, listen, that's a real thing. That it is, is a real and for true thing. Yeah. That is, yeah. I don't even have nothing to say on that one. Yeah. That's just for real, for real. No, and sometimes like you can be talking to 400, 500 people in a space mm-hmm. and still walk off that stage feeling alone. Still walk off that stage feeling alone. Still feeling Very unworthy, realistic. unlovable. Mm-hmm. Everything that you felt in that poem mm-hmm. is, yeah. But the poem wasn't for you. It wasn't. It wasn't for you. And yeah. that's where after you minister through poetry, the angels will come and minister to you. Right. Yeah. Something that I feel like I ask myself a lot is, Dakota, when are you going to be the vessel? When are you going to allow God to use you as the vessel? Because I feel like I'm still caught up in trying to find out who I am and Mm -hmm. who, instead of just simply being who God created me to be, I'm trying to find myself Mm -hmm. in my friendships and Mm -hmm. the people that I'm in covenant relationships with Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where it's like okay like I know that God is telling me to do this or he wants to use me in this way but that's not I don't feel like they will receive me or like they'll Mm -hmm. receive what I'm saying right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so then I'm just that's where the overthinking comes in yeah Mm -hmm. and that's definitely a me problem but it's like when are you going to allow God to use you Mm mm-hmm and now you have me sitting here thinking, like, maybe I should, like, put a step on the gas and take a You know, take a lead. if this conversation was nothing but for you to step what? into who you are in all aspects and yeah. areas for your life, then to God yeah. and the glory. Yeah. One thing that I love about this is we're really able to 
get our revelation. Mm-hmm. I notice a lot of times when I'm speaking things out loud, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. sometimes you got to go beyond the thought because oh, yeah. just the thought of like, oh yeah, I can do this or oh yeah, I'm going to be myself. Mm-hmm. No, sometimes you need to speak that into existence. Speak it into, and it ain't no manifesting. As if it was so. It ain't no it manifesting. Ain't no man- it ain't no hocus pocus type of thing. Only God can. It's, mm. And I know a whole bunch of people about to get mad at me, but you'll be all right. Y'all gonna be okay. Yeah. But it's you know, as Christians, that that's too much bordering on witchcraft, in my opinion. But yeah, that's everything. Whole... Everything is always about self, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Self help. That's narcissistic. That's, that's what our world is that in right is now. Spiritually self-help. narcissistic to think that we can call into something, yeah. call something into existence without the the knowledge and help of God. If it's not in God's will, I don't care how much you hemi haw and hookah and sage it out. It ain't happening. Yeah. It is not happening. But the issue is that sometimes God puts things on our heart mm-hmm. and he wants us to fulfill a certain plan. But yeah, we're still in the mode of like what we want to do exactly. and being defiant exactly. and rebelling. Being defiant and rebelling. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much. And one thing I wanted to offer to you is that you're saying you're finding yourself you're still trying to figure out your identity and I could totally see that see that you're like 20 right no you're 19 younger what I'm 18 what is you oh you a baby baby oh put but oh, you <laughs> <laughs> but see yeah. I love this conversation though because you're 18 I'm a whole 52 I'm trying to get it young baby I you don't I wish I had your insight at 18. I have the desire. Like, I am all the more reasons boils for it. Like, all the more reason for you to push into that and not worry about what your peers are thinking. Oh my God. Your peers can be something else, baby. Your peer, your group, your age group could be something else. And I love them. But they make it hard for a young Christian lady like yourself to step into who she is. You know what I'm saying? And because you're still learning who you are. Just in this world, let alone in Christ, that's a double-edged sword. You know what I'm saying? But I applaud you for making the attempt each and every day. You know what Absolutely. I'm saying? For asking God to, hey, show me who I am in this moment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And keep doing that. Keep right. doing that. Right. You know, I was the eyeball in my family for several reasons. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't about Christianity, I'll tell you that. Yeah. But looking back, it's definitely, I could see where God was speaking to me then. I could see, and I was being defiant. I was being, I'm going to do what I want to do because, you know, just the way I grew up, in, I had to relearn mm. Christianity. I had Stop to it. relearn. Listen. We'll Stop it. I should have been downstairs <gasps> with the choir, but I had to relearn Christianity. What Christ really wanted from us. Oh my us. God! And I'm still because that's that. where I'm at right now, baby. Half my family they don't even agree with what I'm doing, and I have to step out. I'm here alone, like not alone, but I'm mm-hmm. alone. In the mm-hmm. terms of like, so many people in my family they don't support mm-hmm. what I'm doing, mm-hmm. and they don't see past what I'm doing mm-hmm. and who's doing it to me. They don't see that God is literally in the midst of it. You that know? I'm trying to, I find myself trying to prove myself to people, the Christians in my life. Mm. 
Even mm-hmm. my so are they playing church or are they are we living it nope. or are we just do we know the scriptures or are we wait that's, okay. that's the sending it to your podcast <laughs> don't do me listen right Ooh, okay so now but you're right mm-hmm. i'm definitely going to just explore that just talk to god about that you know what i'm saying i ain't saying you got to jump in the ministry and be up there next fall sunday <laughs> but explore it yeah explore it Talk to God about it. Because if there's one thing I'm in a season of learning is obedience. Yeah. Even today, I had to be obedient to what the Lord told me to do. And I'm just sitting here like, God, I don't really want to do that, though. But, like, if it's one thing we're going to learn, sometimes you're going to have to do things that you you don't, your flesh does not want to do. Exactly. But I know I felt so much peace after after you do it. Sometimes mm-hmm. you feel so much peace because yeah. you know that that was for him, mm-hmm. and because I love him so much, mm-hmm. it makes it easier to deal with the exactly. outcome. Exactly, and you know what? That's uh, a lot of times because I'm gonna say this, and then we are gonna wrap it up. Cause yeah, I was supposed to be downstairs <laughs> thirty minutes ago. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> One when I talk, when I write about a topic. When I actually allow myself to write and I write about a topic that the Lord gave me that I don't want to talk about, a lot of times I've never seen poets go into a praise break. And this happens so many times here at Girl Design. And a lot of times when I, because it's like the thing, what I had to push through and what I had to heal through to get that poem out so somebody could be set free. It's like, Katana, how you shouting off a poem, baby? Listen, listen. Okay, but one more question. <laughs> Do you feel like I have this mentality of like I need to be whole before I can be used? So in poetry, do you find like you feel like you have to be completely healed from the situation when you when you give the poem in order to be delivered? Because sometimes mm-hmm. the message might be for someone else, right? And they mm-hmm. might get delivered. Mm-hmm. But do you think that you have to be delivered first? in order for you to minister to the people in that way? Three, four, nine years ago, I'd have said, yeah. Now I would say no. Mm. You don't have to be healed. You have to be, I would say, be healing. Be healed enough to where you can speak on it. Yeah. Not where you re-traumatize yourself. Yeah. You know, but be healed enough to where you're ready to speak on it. Yeah. But completely healed? But sometimes nah, you just, not at all. Sometimes it still hurts a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's okay. A lot of people think that when you do poetry and you express the emotion, it's supposed to be very empowering, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And but you know what, God is—I don't mean to cut you off—but God has corrected me even in this moment. Yeah. Because He can use you in your brokenness. He I'm can use you that. in right. your brokenness. Right. And one line that I love in poetry that I've heard, and I had to find a way to use it, and I found a way to use it in my poem. One of my poems is I heard the line that says, a broken crayon still colors. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So in that brokenness, you can still color in the lines. You may still, you may color outside the lines. Call it abstract. Right. It's a poem. Exactly. It's a poem. So, so stop I, looking for perfection. Stop looking for God to use you when you're whole and when you're healed. Mm-hmm. Because... Just discover your why and step out on faith. And be willing. Simply be willing. Be willing. 
and the rest will follow. Because sometimes your why doesn't have to be a whole bunch of bullet points. Sometimes mm-hmm. your why could just be because God put it on your heart. Mm-hmm. Like as simple as that. As simple as not that. this more like explicit long. Like mm-hmm. no, it's not a whole bunch of steps sometimes. Yeah. So. When are you going to be a vessel? When are you going to step out? In order to be a be? vessel, you got to be willing to step out. Period. Exactly. Indeed. So, that was so good. Yay! Oh, my God. Thank you, Dakota. Of course. You have me sitting here rethinking my whole everything. Baby, listen. <laughs> Thank you for coming by Ink and Pad, Sugarfoot. Of course. Talk to you later. Be here to stay. Thank you, Dakota, so much for stopping by Ink and Pad. I had a great time with you. You guys check her out at Breathing Fresh Air with Dakota at rmlradio.com backslash Breathing Fresh Air podcast. Check her out. She drops every Sunday night, 8 p.m. So, yeah, I pray that something that was said in that conversation or discussed previously is something that you can take with you. One way I find myself pushing through not wanting to write is to make myself write. You know, especially if a if a poem is kind of knocking at the door of my brain and there's something that needs to be said, but I don't feel like writing, I will make myself get up and write. So um, to that, there are also, you know, you can read books of poetry for inspiration. You can listen to other podcasts for inspiration. You can listen to YouTube videos for, you know, people doing spoken word or, you know, people reading poetry, whatever it is you got to do to get out of the writing rut, because Having a repertoire of poetry will help you when you are performing as a spoken word artist and you're ready for any gig that may come up, or it can slowly help you build that manuscript for that book that you yearning to write. So I encourage you to find ways to write as much as you can. And then if there are some days you do not want to write, that is okay. It is okay. There is no right or wrong way of being a poet. There's no good or bad way to be a poet. Just make sure you're being a poet, whatever that looks like for you. Okay? If you're going to do it, do it well. But if you need to step away, that's okay too. Okay? This discussion reminded me of a poem I wrote approximately two to three months ago. I call it the unpoem. And it kind of goes along in this vein. And I actually wrote it because I did not feel like writing, but I wanted to write. I didn't feel, see, there's a difference with that. I did not feel like writing, but I knew I needed to write. So this is what came up. It's called The Unpoem. I wonder if I could write a poem without words. Void of feeling and sound, scrub 